Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's a new era for the 49ers. Oh my God, Jimmy Garoppolo. With a roster full of talent. Debo Samuel with the catch. The pass is going to be picked off by Bosa. Nick Bosa. And it's almost time for kickoff. Welcome to the kickoff show with Larry Kruger and Lorenzo Neal on 95.7 The Game. Sponsored by Jim Beam Bourbon Whiskey. Taste the world's number one bourbon. And by Harris Ranch Beef. Legendary beef, legendary quality. And good morning. 
morning, Larry Kruger, joined by Lo Neal, the 16-year veteran, the future Hall of Fame fullback. It is week six in the NFL, and welcome to 95.7 The Game's 49er coverage. That's right. Brought to you by Jim Beam and Harris Ranch Beef, the kickoff show. Week six, Niners on the road in Atlanta. The Oculus will be open uh, there in uh, in Atlanta, and the 49ers looking for their fourth win of the year. What's up, Lo? How are you, man? Hey, Larry, I'm great. How we doing, my brother? Doing fantastic, and, you know, 49ers feeling good, coming off a 37-15 win last week in Charlotte against the Carolina Panthers, and today they're in Atlanta trying to to make it a perfect road trip uh, before they come home for Kansas City, and, and uh, this one is going to be interesting because the 49ers are down three defensive linemen. There'll be no Nick Bosa, no Javon Kinlaw, no Eric Armstead um, against a, a Falcons team that has two physical running backs, a quarterback that can run it, a really good run blocking O line, a very good run scheme. It's going to be quite the challenge. It really is, Larry. When you think about these two teams, and I know 49ers, everyone thinks, oh, this is going to be a layup. This is a game they suppose to win. I don't know if this is a game. This is a game that they can win, and this is a game that they can lose. Uh, when you look at the injuries on the Niners, you think about what's going on to some key players. Yeah, they should find a way, but you're playing on a road, and you're playing a desperate team in Atlanta. And think about who the quarterback is and what he's trying to do to resurge his career. So this is a, this is a game that Atlanta's not going to lay down. They're not going to feel sorry for the Niners. This is going to be a good ball game, Larry. I do not see this being a one-sided football game. No, no. It's This is going to be, uh, you know, one of those ice bag games, as Kyle Shanahan likes to describe. It's going to be hard-hitting. The Falcons don't run around. They run through. Uh, and the 49ers are very physical on their defensive front, and they're going to have to lean. I've been saying it low for a month and a half now that the 49ers have two starting caliber defensive lines. Well, you know what? We're going to find out for sure today because they're three-fourths of their starting line will not be playing, and they'll lean on. Drake Jackson and Charles Amenehue and Kevin Givens and Hassan Ridgeway and and hopefully Samson Ebukam as well. Um, but we're going to find out exactly how deep they are up front. And to me, it's going to be interesting to see. I think this is going to be a game where the 49ers need to play complementary football. They need to run the ball, control the clock, and give their defense fewer snaps on the field. But before we get into the matchup with the Falcons, let's take a look at last week. 49ers beat Carolina, as I said, 37-15. A lot of injuries in the game. A lot of people complaining about the turf afterwards. Um, what was your takeaway from the from the win? Yeah, it's tough, man. I hated playing on turf. I would have played on it for many years, and fortunately, never got necessarily injured. The one year I did in Atlanta, broke the ankle in Atlanta on the turf. But uh, you know what? Turf, you know, I, I don't like it, but a lot of guys don't like it. It just doesn't give. It just feels different than grass. Grass is just a natural feeling. It's something you, you get used to. Turf, it's still rubber. It's still synthetic rubber. It's still not the same as grass. So, But, it, you know, it's a good feel. I mean, it's it's whatever. It's what you got to play on. Other teams have to play on it, too. That's why these guys get paid the big bucks, and that's why they should continue to get paid the big bucks because the body and the, the strain that you put on it. 
besides the, the feel, I thought it was a good game by the Niners. I thought here's a, here's a, here's a team that showed once again how they can flex their muscle defensively and beat you up. They showed offensively that, that they can still run the ball and mix it up. They also showed that they had that balance and the rhythm that you talked about, that you were talking about last week, that you wanted to see this team play with. The poise, the desire, see if Jimmy would still make some plays, crucial plays that was crucial in a positive effect instead of crucial timing where sometimes Jimmy was known for making a negative effect on the team in crucial moments. Last week, I thought was the opposite of that. Yeah. 49ers did a lot of good things. I mean, you know, I mean, I think we're seeing their recipe for success, low, which is Jimmy G doesn't turn it over. Um, and they roll their defense out there, and their defense dominates. I mean, the Niner defense, six sacks, nine hits on the quarterback, another pick six, this one by Mosley, seven tackles for loss. Carolina was three of 15 on third down conversions. Um, and, and Jimmy, and you know, for the most part, Jimmy was clean, right? 60%, 18 of 30, 253 yards, two touchdowns. And, you know, I guess we're going to find out. He's never gone three games in his career without throwing a pick. So he's gone two, and we'll see if he can go three today. Um, But to me, that's kind of their recipe, though, is have Jimmy play well and not turn it over and play good on D. Yeah, I agree. But let me ask you something. Thus far in this early season, tell me, have you think they played against an offense that's a top 10 top 15 can you think about all the games if they played this far and tell me who's been the best offensive team in your opinion and how good are they well i i you know it's it's hard to say because like they may I know you play i know you beat the teams that you're supposed to play yeah, I know and, you gotta, and, and they you gotta made, beat the teams that's in front of you and, and they made seattle look who? really bad offensively but seattle has put up some big offensive numbers since then. So how good is Seattle's offense? That's the one. That's the only one. And, I, and I'm glad you went there because that's the only thing that I said. Their offense is okay. I'm not saying it's a stellar offense, but it's an offense that you know that it's capable. With with but with that being said, when you look at the talent and the teams that they played. I don't necessarily think that there's teams that are just going to scare you and light it up offensively until you get the next week. So this is a this is a this is a great way for this team to build their to build character, to continue to build success, continue to have success, to keep that defense playing humming. Because I think for the first time next week, you're gonna have to see a team that's gonna be able to light it up. And I think this also, I think Atlanta is one of those teams that it's gonna be it's gonna be tricky with the, with the guys that are down. But I just haven't seen the Niners, which to their credit. They're playing the teams that's in front of them, but uh, haven't seen them play a high power offense yet. Well, well, what do you think the Rams are? Are the Rams where do you where do you group the Rams in this thing? No. Because the Rams obviously have Cooper I, Cup and Matthew Stafford and the defending Super Bowl champions, Tyler Higby. Uh, they I, they didn't have much of a I run they, game. I, I think they were. 
I think they were a, a, a team that you looked at last year and the year before as an offensive weapon. They can score and do the things that, that you know they can do. But take a look at them last week against Dallas. Look at them, you know, all the weeks. Of the, even, with, even when they played against the Atlanta Falcons, they, you know, almost found a way to lose that game, turned it into a dogfight. So when you look at the Rams, I don't think the Rams have scored 30 only in one game, one time this year. I don't know if they're, I don't, I can't tell you that the Rams, I, I, and I don't think you will either, Larry, say that the Rams are a high power, top 10, top 15, top 12 offense. I think the, the Rams are on the, on the latter side of that. If you look at the Rams right now, I don't think they're a top 15 offense, in my opinion, right now, what I've seen far as consistency and being able to put it up when you think about, uh, I'll put it this way. I think that I think that the Raiders, as bad as their coaching has been, as bad as they've been, I think the Raiders are one of the best one in four teams in the league right now. If you look at the Raiders off offense being able to score, you look at Kansas City, you look at Buffalo, you look at Baltimore, you look at you know those teams that are out there, Jacksonville, the Chargers. I think a lot of those teams, and I'm just naming some teams, just you know real quick off the top of my head, I think are better scoring offenses than than um. Than the Rams. You know, it's so funny because you mentioned the Raiders, and the first image I have is the final play from last week where, you know, it's it's a fourth and one, and they're going up top to Devontae Adams, who happens to run into Hunter Renfro on the, on the pass pattern, knocking both guys to the ground. And I'm sitting there going, what is this? We know this is your fourth down play, fourth and one. You're going up top to two receivers bumping into each other. So I guess I got to be sold a little bit more on the Raiders' offense. But I hear you as I, far I as the it. weapons. The Raiders have great weapons. And, and when- they do, and you saw the Raiders, and I think that if you look at them, though, they were in a dogfight with Kansas City. Yeah, they. but look at the fourth and one, and Devontae Adams, they catch that long bomb. I, I think that you look at the Raiders, and you talk about what coaches have done. There's only one game, I think, in my opinion, watching, because I'd like to watch the Raiders because, you know, i got some interest, guys, Fresno State. You want to see what these guys are doing, and I want to see them have success. There's only one game they got outclassed and outplayed, and there's one game only that I think this team should have lost, and that was the first game of the season when they played the Chargers. The Chargers jumped on them. You look at every game the Raiders played in after the Chargers game, and you can't tell me that they shouldn't be, they should have won. They should have won every single one of those games or had a chance to win every single one of those games. Look at Arizona, up by 20, found a way to lose that. Kansas City, up by double digits, found a way to lose that. If you think about what they've been able to do, they're, they're, they're able to find a way to lose, but offensively, they show some signs. So I'm just saying, I look at the Rams, the Rams, they're, they're, they're a shell of themselves offensively. They don't have wood throw. They used to be the tough offensive lineman. Who's their bell cow? What, who's, name me, their, their offense has no identity. You, Stafford's going to throw the ball 40. They, Stafford looks like he's back in Detroit with that type of offense where he's just got to, you know, chunk it up and try to score. His offense does not look good. He's throwing the ball 40, 50 times a game, and they're still losing. That's a problem. When you have to throw the ball that many times a game and your defense is still an okay defense, not a great defense, but you got a defense that can get after you. If you're pass rushing and you need to get after the quarterback, you need to put get some turnovers, they have that type of defense, but they're always playing from behind so that defense don't get to show what they can do, especially against the pass. 
unlike the Niners' defense. They're built for run and pass. You know, it's funny about the Rams. The Rams have one of the big stories coming into week six today is that Cam Akers, they're saying, does not get along with Sean McVay, is not going to play today against the Carolina Panthers uh, in Los Angeles down at SoFi. It's going to be Daryl Henderson, and it sounds like the Rams are on the verge of trading Cam Akers, and it sounds like there may be some personal dispute going on between McVay and Akers, so there might be more to the Ram mess than than sure. meets the eye, and the Rams' offensive line obviously was bad. But let's talk a little bit about about last week before we switch over to this week. I thought that once again, same you know back to back weeks, the biggest play of the game was the pick six. 49ers had a ten three lead late first half. Mayfield drops back to pass, and he pumped the throw to McCaffrey and then overthrew it. And Emmanuel Mosley was in the right place at the right time, had the pick six, uh, and had a nice 40-plus yard return to the house. That made it 17-3 going into the locker room at half. Um, and they they don't have Emmanuel Mosley, and that that to me is going to be you know an interesting thing for the 49ers going going ahead. You know, straight ahead is like they had Ward and Mosley playing at a really high level on the corners. Now you take away Mosley, so this 49er team low is is you know every single time they take the field this year they lose somebody of significance. And more than anything, they need a win today, yeah, but they need to make sure that they get out of this game clean. You know, they yeah. they, they, they cannot afford to lose another starter or two uh, going into Kansas City and going into more of the meat and potatoes on their on their schedule. On I mean, the schedule. They got to no stay healthy. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's interesting, Larry, you, you know, you say that. And I, I think me and you're both same church, same pew, and, and absolutely want this team to stay healthy. So all you getting ready to go to church or watch this game, say a couple prayers, up a Hail Mary's for this Niner team that they stay healthy and find a way to win. I, I look at it this way, Larry. I, I, you know, we always talked about how good the defense, the defense is a Super Bowl caliber defense, and just waiting for the offense to catch up and get in swag, get in, get in, you know, get in stride, get their offensive line healthy, and the team gets more identity offensively. But now, Larry, it's like trading places, watching the movie. It's like, okay, how many more dinks can this defense take? But the offense, uh, you know, for the last couple of weeks has shown that they can go out. And if you erase, if you erase the, you know, the Denver game, and of course, if you erase the, you know, the Chicago game, but the Chicago game was the one that you really can't even count because of the weather and the elements. But Denver, after the Denver game, if you look at the, the offense, it's been playing a lot better and been doing a lot more consistency. So is it safe to say, in your opinion, Larry, that I know we're not talking about necessarily the matchup, but let's just talk about offense perspective. Is it safe to say that this offense is starting to cook? Is it starting to say that Jimmy and this offense is starting to get his rhythm? Is it safe to say that this offense is, is more than just Debo and tricks and gadget? It, does it seem to you that this offense is starting to find its feet and find its way? Well, there's no question, and, and they're doing it behind what you would expect them to do it, and that's the run game, right? Jeff Wilson Jr. has gone over 70 rushing yards in four straight games, and low, he's averaging, you know, five four a carry. Um, then you mixed in Tevin Coleman last week, and you saw the impact of adding the veteran running back. Um, you know, I think up front, 
Burford and Banks are a solid run blocking tandem at guard. So I think, you know, that's that's really, you know, where the 49ers are starting to find their their rhythm offensively. It's the short passing game and it's Jeff Wilson running the football. And I think in today's game, if there's one angle to kind of look for in the matchup, it's, you know, yeah, the 49ers on defense allow 12 points a game. That's the best in the league. Um, but it's it's to me, it's about what do they do as far as you know on uh, offensively. And I think the matchup that I'm looking for is George Kittle. If you look at uh, the Falcons' defense, they give up 6.8 receptions per game to tight ends. That's the second most in the NFL. Uh, we're waiting for Kittle to kind of bust out. He's only cleared three and a half receptions in two of the three games he's played. Um, and they're not really using him as a pass blocker any more than usual. His route participation rate is 84%. That's right about where his career mark has been. But with the Falcons struggling against the tight end defensively and having some young linebackers, I think this is a game where they can get Kittle going. The other guy that I got to see get going, I mean, Debo last week, they targeted him nine times. He only had two receptions. So that's, you know, I'd like to see Kittle, Kittle get going because I think the Falcons are going to struggle to defend him. I'd like to see Ayuk have his bust-out performance. I mean, if we're going to keep talking about Brandon Ayuk like he's an elite receiver. It's time to see it, you know I mean? It's time to, to show it. Um, otherwise, right. maybe this guy's not the player that we think he is because he said he had a great camp and we're all expecting big things. You know, they wasted a timeout last week and he got the stare down from Jimmy Garoppolo because he's on the wrong side of the formation in a key sequence. So, Ayuk, Debo, Kittle, they're all healthy and they got to perform today if this offense is going to click. With that being said, when you look at Ayuk and you think about some of the catches and you look at Jennings, I think Jennings one of those unsung heroes that don't get enough credit for us as one of the receivers. I think he's physical. He's physical in the run game. He's physical blocking. He catches his sure-handed guy. He can catch that slant. He's just, I like what Jennings is bringing to the receiver room. Ayuk, to me, though, Ayuk looks good. So you don't think Ayuk's performed this year at a high level with the public? Watched him against the Rams. What did he have? Rams, you're watching some of the plays that he's been able to make. He shows you flashes, but to you, you don't see enough consistency with him. How does so? How are you viewing him a little? Give, give, give me well, a little bit Sh- more. Because- yeah, I mean, Shanahan said he's playing well, but I mean, the production ain't there. So you know, show me a hundred yard what day. Would you but, like to see? I want to see a hundred yard day. See he's a wide receiver. Okay, give I, me a hundred yard day. You know, and want, is that how many targets? What, what do you need? That, to, um, to, well, I, well I'd like to see him targeted a little bit more. Low, I like to see them, and okay. I'd like to see him okay. look a little bit more consistent. I don't want to see them waste timeouts. Because, I mean, if you waste a timeout because your rookie receiver's not lined up right, you Understood. know what? You chalk Understood. it up. But this guy's not a rookie receiver. Understood. This guy's in his third True. year. You know, or is right. it, you know, he's got. You can't be doing that. I mean, he's got to. He's got to make big catches. He's got to be more of a factor. He's got to start taking some pressure off of Debo Samuel. I realize you maybe Ayuk had a better rapport with Trey than he does with Garoppolo, but it's time for Ayuk to to Agreed. have a hundred yard day. It's time for him to play yeah. like a first round draft choice. How do you how do you view McGlinchey right now? Is he if I'm look, asking you kind of outside looking in and come to you and say is McGlinchey the best offensive lineman right now on this on this roster with the, with the, what's on the field in, in in your opinion? You know, 
I, I, he's the guy who has the most experience for sure, but I like uh-huh. the way Aaron Banks is playing. Um, if you said to me, give me a surprise five weeks in for the 49ers, I'd, on offense, I'd probably go Aaron Banks. The left guard, I think, okay. is playing at a pretty high level. Um, he, he's, he's, he, you know, he works to that second level in the run game. Um, he's been, he has not given up. He hasn't had a lot of, uh, missed assignments or breakdowns. Um, I think Banks is playing at a really high level. Obviously, Trent Williams is their best. And Burford sure, sure, in the sure. run game, I think, can give you something, some real pop. I think McGlinchey is who he is, right? He's, he's a right tackle. He gets he's challenged by speed rushers. You can occasionally bull rush him. He's really heady and tough and pretty dependable. Smart guy who's going to be in the right place at the right time. Knows his assignments. Is prepared. I just don't know that he's got elite skills. I, I personally, I love what I'm seeing at Aaron Banks. And if Banks can continue okay. to play at this this level. I think uh-huh. that bodes well. I mean, one of the thing, um, one of the things I loved from Banks in this last game, I loved it when you know Banks pushed. Was it Tevin Coleman into the end zone on that Coleman. second yes. effort? Yes. You know, I mean right. that those kinds of plays. I think that's a you know a, a starting to become. I'm looking around the NFL, though, I think that's becoming kind of a high percentage run play where you either run your quarterback or your running back. And then if he if he surge. gets if he gets stone stonewalled at, in the hole on the goal line, here comes your three hundred and twenty pound guard to push him. Uh, and I think Banks, you know, showed that he he can do that. I just like the movement ability from Banks. I, I think he's getting better every time I watch him. No, that's good that you're looking at that and watching his offensive line because you you and I, Larry, we always talk about how how this games are won and lost in the trenches. When you're talking about Banks, McGlinchey, and Burford, those guys that are in the trenches that have to make sure they keep you know Jimmy G upright. I think that thus far they've done a fairly good job. You know, look at Carolina. You look at the teams that they played. Jimmy has not necessarily taken a lot of hits, which you don't want Jimmy to take a lot of hits, and he's been able to get the ball out of his hand and he's got a quick release and. And I think Cal Shanahan's done a great job thus far of making sure that Jimmy, after that Denver game, said, okay, let's get the ball out of his hand. Let's make sure this guy sees what he's doing. Let's move move guys around. Let's make sure that the offense is, is going to be predicated on what Jimmy can do well and get the receivers in, you know, with the ball, the, the middle screens, and the quick passes, the quick passes that, that, that's getting Jimmy the ball out of his hand. So I think Cal Shanahan has done a great job in, in you know in watching what he's doing scheme-wise for Jimmy G in this offense because let's let's face it you know we talked about it earlier in all this year that uh, the question mark was going to be this offensive line saying is this team going to be able to dictate and be physical like we know that they can in the running game and make sure that they beat people up we constantly talked about that and constantly wondered was that going to be the Niners could they be could this team become the Niners of old and a lot of people had a lot of question marks and thus far this Niners you talked about you know Russell you talked about Will Wilson, rather, Jeff Wilson, the way that he's running, averaging over five yards a tote, seeing this guy go over 100 for the second consecutive week, what he's been able to do in the run game, how it's working. This offensive line, to me, I think it's been the biggest. And if you ask me, I know you, you know, you know, you're talking about different things. What stood, what has stood out thus far for me in this run 
has been the offensive line, the consistency in the run game, the consistency of keeping Jimmy G clean. And I think the offensive line right now, in me, they've been the MVP of this team because I think that they're they're playing better than what had been expected. You know, the, the play that stands out last week, though, was the Jeff Wilson 41-yard run in the first half. And on that right. run, Aaron Banks and Jalen Moore just blew out the defensive left side. Uh, they washed it, washed it. Absolutely. Yeah, they just pushed everybody out of the way. Kittle had a really nice block as well. And the three of those guys sprung Wilson. And Wilson's not a burner. But, man, he was gone on that 41-yard run. And it was just it was impressive to watch. Um, give me, you know, in our final five minutes of this segment here, what's, what's your key to victory today? What do you think is going to be the key for the Niners to go into Georgia uh, and, and, you know, come back to San Francisco with a win? Well, I think the big key is you're going to go, you're going to, you're going to Georgia, and you're going to a place that the Atlanta Falcons, those fans are going. They understand this is the last hurrah. I think you got to meet match intensity. I think intensity today is today because your team is still better. We understand it, but intensity, you can't. You have to match your opponent's intensity. That is going to be my key today. Is intensity. To me, to me, it's you know the offense has got to play complementary ball. You got to control the clock. You got to win on first down. Um, you know, especially now with all the injuries the 49ers have on the defensive front, uh, Atlanta's physical. This is the best offensive line the Niners are going to face uh, or have faced thus far. And I think that you know Atlanta's going to commit to the run. You know their style. They're almost a very. They're one of the most difficult teams in the NFL to blow out because they stay with the run. And they, you know, they don't try to do a whole lot. Um, we are going to see Kyle Pitts back in this game. And so the matchup of Hafanga on Kyle Pitts, you know, they move Pitts around. I think it's going to be interesting to see if Hafanga can slow down Pitts. Pitts is, you got to hit Pitts. You know, Pitts is, an, is a movement-based guy. And then uh, defensively, the Falcons play a ton of three-deep coverage, both in man and zone. Um, and they've got some really young linebackers playing today. And I would expect Kyle to try to, you know, use those guys and isolate them and play action and try to try to work on them and target them in the passing game. Atlanta's got a very young defense on the back end. Uh, Casey Hayward is weak against the run. If you watch that film, you know, Hayward's just a just a he's not the most excited run defender as a corner. So I think you run it at Casey Hayward. You make him be a tackler. Um, and you control the clock because with no Bosa, no Kinlaw, no Armstead, I think controlling the clock is a big part of it. I mean, you know, Lo, they lost, the Niners lost to Denver because of the turnovers. They lost to the Bears, I thought, because of the right. penalties. Oh, yeah, right, right. So turnovers and penalties sure. are obviously one and one A as far as you know the key to victory. Right. You, you got to minimize those. But to me, in this game, I think okay, you got to feature Brandon Ayuk. Uh, the offense, I think the offense that's been leaning on the defense needs to be carried, needs to carry the defense a little bit. I think they got to run the ball with, uh, with, you know, Tevin Coleman and Jeff Wilson Jr., win that time of possession. I'd like to see Atlanta play from behind. They've got a powerful, patient rushing attack with two big backs. Yeah. Make them play from behind. I think it's going to be a much different look. I also think you got to double a guy like Drake London in the red zone. Uh, London's got great ball skills, but if you can if you can either put Charvarius Ward on him or double him, 
Um, you know, I think that there's no question Mariota's looking for London in the red zone. I think you got to be super physical with Pitts. Right. Um, you got to keep Jimmy in that rhythm with the short passing game. And then on defense, low, I think you got to blitz Mariota, especially on the third downs in the first quarter and also early on drives, in drives, you know, on third downs to try to disrupt his rhythm, get their offense off the field. Winning that time of possession is key. And then I also think getting Ray Ray McLeod involved, you know, against the nickel corner D. Alford, who's a CFL guy. Um, you know, fast players tend to play fast on these fast surfaces. And McLeod, with Danny Gray inactive today, is their deep speed. So I'd like to see them kind of isolate McLeod. And then Greenlaw's got to deliver big hits on Algier and Huntley. And they got to protect Jimmy. No blown assignments. Uh, no free runners at Jimmy because on this surface you can you can get your quarterback knocked out as you know well know uh, if you if you give yeah. some if you give a Tyquan Graham or a Grady Jarrett a free run at Jimmy oh, that yeah. could be game over on a surface like this so I think those are the keys from my perspective. I'm just, before we head to the break, I ask you a question: Do you think and we're not talking about who wins or loss? I'm just saying: Do you think Niners hold this Atlanta team? 20 or less, 19, if I gave you a number, 19, or would you take the over-under? Uh, I, li- I like them holding Atlanta under Not that. off turnovers. Yeah, I think they'll hold Atlanta really? o- under what, that. What number? Um, that, I could see like number? I could see like um, 28-17, something like that. Um, I'm going to go over. I- I'm going to take the over. You t- I'm going to give you 17. Anything over, then I win. Anything under, you win. Let's do a sandwich on that next week. All right. Some nice barbecue. Maybe it made me think about a Harris Ranch beef patty Ooh, or something. But I, like I just don't see it. I like the way it. you're thinking. I- I will- yeah, exactly. You-, you know the way I'm thinking. So <laughs> you got under se- you se- 17, you win. 17, you win. Anything over 18 or anything over 17. So I think that, you know, I think that you're right, though. I love the keys that you talked about, you know, the consistency, starting fast, making sure that the offense. You know, the offense gets IUK involved. I like where you're going. And I can't wait to get into kind of the prediction and what you're thinking, you know, how this game is going to happen. All right, we'll take a timeout right here. We'll, we'll uh, get Lowe's line, get a little bit cooked up better. But um, up next, we're going to take a closer look at the Atlanta Falcons. This is a team that not a lot of people know a lot about. So we'll talk a little bit about the Falcons. And we'll also talk about who plays for Emmanuel Mosley. Mosley, one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL thus far this year. He's out. So who steps in on the back end for Emmanuel Mosley? Is it Lenore? Is it Womack? Is it Dante Johnson? The Niners have a number of options. And there's also a trade rumor out there that says the 49ers are kicking tires on Christian McCaffrey. I'll throw that to Lowe as as well as we get you a little closer on the kickoff show. The Niners looking for their fourth win of the year. And we'll have more straight ahead on the kickoff show on 95.7 The Game. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Kickoff show with Larry Kruger and Lorenzo Neal on 95.7 The Game. Sponsored by Jim Beam Bourbon Whiskey. Taste the world's number one bourbon. And by Harris Ranch Beef. Legendary beef, legendary quality. And welcome back to the kickoff show. Larry Kruger and Lone Neal getting you ready for 49er football. It's week six, and you're listening to 95.7 The Game, and you need to keep it on 95.7 The Game because in the postgame, Alan Styles and uh, Kyle Madsen will be doing postgame as soon as the uh, final seconds of the fourth quarter tick down, turn right, tune right into 95.7 because Alan and, and Kyle will take your phone calls and chop it up and talk a lot about this game. I'm reading, uh, low a tweet from the great Bonte Hill who says, I have a weird feeling about this 49er Falcon game. Um, it is kind of an interesting one in that the Niners opened as a six and a half point favorite. That number is down to, I'm looking at Niners minus four. So it's been a two and a half point movement uh, in the Falcons' direction. Does that, when you look at that line movement, and, and obviously, you know, the other thing we should mention is the 49ers stayed in West Virginia um, this week and they've had a lot of success. You know, they this is the they, they saved themselves a couple cross country flights. They practiced at the Greenbrier in West Virginia this week after their win Sunday in Carolina. The Niners are four and low in the second game of these two game trips the past three seasons. I kind of think in some ways these players get to stay at this fancy five star resort and it kind of ups the ante a little bit on the second game. Hey, you know what? Jed's uh, footing the bill and everybody's living right and staying in this beautiful resort. Uh, you know, maybe they maybe that gets the players attention cuz it is worked for the 49ers in past years. We'll see if it works today. Well, I I think that it works, but I think the biggest thing, you know, Larry is how is this team mentally and getting these guys together to let them understand the importance of unity and the importance of how do you play together as a team that you're going on the road, going to a hostile environment where sometimes you have to do extra to get a win. I think this team gets that part of it. So I do think it's going to be a challenging game because Atlanta's desperate. But I think this Niner team, the kind of men that's on this team, they understand this is going to be a dogfight. I think they understand that. Yeah. Arthur Smith, a really underrated coach, uh, came from Tennessee. They they run a lot of base offense. 
Um, what does that mean? That means that the Niners are going to have to match up in their base D, which means that probably they're going to have to put three linebackers on the field. And with Aziz Al-Shair hurting, that means Oren Burks could play a number of snaps. Now, he's thought of as a special teamer in this game. He's going to have to play from scrimmage against these bigger backs. Um, what's your best guess, Slow, as far as, you know, there's no Emmanuel Mosley. The injuries are starting to mount, especially in the defensive side. No Kinlaw, no Armstead, no Bosa, no Jimmy Ward, no Emmanuel Mosley. I mean, they're starting to lose some guys. Um, you know, one, the big question of the day is can the Niners offense kind of carry the defense? But who would you like to see step in for Mosley outside? You know, they have Lenore who played the slot. They could move him out there. They could keep Lenore inside and move Womack out there. They put they pulled up uh, Dante Johnson from the practice squad. If you're D'Amico, who do you play in, in Emmanuel Mosley's spot opposite uh, Mooney Ward? I think Will Mack was. I, I don't want to. You don't want to move your slot guy. Your slot guy. He's in there for a reason. He's good. You've seen him. You watched him in the preseason. The hands-on guys. So I don't want to necessarily disrupt a guy that's already playing well inside at the slot because you're going to keep those reps. So I wouldn't. I, you're not going to bring up the practice squad and throw him into the fire right away. So I think that you just you, you go with the corner. And, and you stay there and match up, and that's what you have to do. I don't want to see guys, because you already got a guy in the slot. He's used to it, familiar with that position. I don't think necessarily to, you you know, you switch that. And it's hard. Let's be honest. It's hard to replace the E-man. It, you know, you don't necessarily replace a guy like that. And I, I don't think that the, now that the, I don't think that offense has to carry the defense. I think they got to complement the defense, like you alluded to, Larry, earlier. Be consistent. And it's not necessarily, okay, we're going to run first, second, third down, and then, okay, think about what we're going to do on fourth down. No. It's been consistent and play with that type of rhythm that you're talking about this Niner team can get going and what they've shown you the, what they've shown you the last couple weeks. Consistency, but also with a rhythm. Not just to say we're running a ball to be show you our physical dominance. It's run, it's motions, it's quick screens, it's jet sweeps, it's all the different things that they do. But it's about keeping the chains moving, not making mistakes. Don't let Atlanta stick around and capitalize on your mistakes. Offense just has to play mistake free. They can't be the self-inflicted wounds on the road playing in Atlanta. You can't go from first and ten that's you know to second and down and twenty because you got a holding class, holding call. You have to make sure that you limit amount of mistakes because you can't allow teams that are not as good as you, but teams are just as you know just as good can be just as good if they have 80, 90 yards of hitting hitting yards. What you talked about. A la Chicago Bears, 98 yards, you know, and penalties, a difference of 70-some yards in field position. That equates to a loss. So those are the things that I'm looking for. I'm looking for a Niner team to to say we can't have the self-inflicted wounds that will put us behind the eight ball that thus Atlanta can capitalize on. You know, I got to ask you this question because uh, I, I heard today that not only is Javon Kinlaw going on IR, that his season could be in jeopardy, that he may not come back this year. Well, where are you with Kinlaw? Is is Kinlaw now officially a, a draft bust? 
I mean, this this is another IR stay for the third year defensive tackle, and it's all the same deal. He's dealing with problems related to his surgically repaired knee. Um, the 49ers have been without him the past two games. Yeah, um, They're going to be without him for at least six games because he's going to miss four on IR. This was the 14th pick in the draft. They traded DeForest Buckner and decided to go with Kinlaw, and he hasn't panned out. He missed 13 he games last year. He's got one and a half sacks in his career, uh, and he's got knee problems going back to South Carolina. He's He appeared in 14 games, 12 starts as a rookie, but man, I mean, yeah, he cannot stay on the football field. Is it is it fair to say that the Kinlaw pick is a bust, or is it premature? No, I, I Larry, you're, you're not being doom and gloom. You're just being real. Football is a very, very tough and treacherous sport. It's brutal. I mean, you get paid millions and millions of dollars, and that's why these young men, you make sure to hey, look, you put your money away, you try to stack that cheese. Put that like Marshawn Lynch. I got to count my chicken. Because you look at a guy like Ken Long, you say, is he a bust? You watched him in preseason. You saw the way how you take on double teams. You saw he showed you flashes of how strong and how powerful and what he could be. And unfortunately, he's not able to show you that with consistency because of the chronic knee and all the things that surround that. So when you think about three years on IR, three years of being injured, not playing in those games, and you talk about what you're getting, your ROI. And I buy real estate, and you buy, you're looking at, Larry, you're looking at a houses and stuff, and you might want to buy. It's called ROI. Your return on investment is the ROI there. And if you look at it as a rookie, okay, the first year you could deal with the second year, but now you're talking about third and fourth year, and now you're looking at long-term. Is it worth, is the ROI, are you getting return on your investment to keep this guy on your team? And unfortunately, not. Now, if he was a guy that was leaving this team, say if this guy was on the Rams or he was on another team and the Niners, that he, he's cut and he's waived, then the Niners pick him up. Now the ROI, he's got potential because you can have a product that you don't know yet, but you don't have much invested. So he's going to land on his feet because after the year, they're going to have to go in another direction because you, you, you got to have a guy that's going to be reliable. The 49ers, can, they cannot sustain this with this type of injuries. And the position that he plays, you have to have a guy that's durable. And he's not durable. And he's not reliable. And it's sad because I think the kid is talented. I think the kid's, I can see the work that he's put in. And just unfortunately, his body, his knees, just won't allow this guy to stay consistent. I know it was a long-winded answer, Larry. But to be honest with just what you said, yes, it's a bust, but it's a bust due to injuries. Yeah, no, it's frustrating to watch because he is, he in some ways is the prototype. Um, but, and when you see him out there, you're like, wow, look at this guy. But then he's, right. he plays without right. leverage. He comes up, stands straight up out of his stance. He loses leverage. He's so damn strong, it doesn't matter a lot of the time. Right. But then he exposes right. his legs, and his knees take a lot of punishment. And the whole job is leverage, and you got these 320-pound guards chopping down at your knees. And and it's just it's a rough job description. Today is going to be a challenge for the Niners because you got Marcus Mariota can run. You're going to see some read option plays. Arthur Smith is going to stay with the run. He's a coach that will give you some new offensive wrinkles. 
Um, and they'll show yep. you the they're, they're going to show you the kitchen sink. You're going to see they jet are. motions. You're going to see the orbit motions. Uh, but you're going to see it at a base. They run only two wides, eighty percent of the time. Um, and so it's going to be a base. It's going to be a hard hitting base defense, base offense kind of game. Atlanta's got these two big backs in Tyler Algier oh, yeah. and uh, Caleb Huntley, the Ball State kid, um, and and then Drake London in the red zone. It's it, it, to me, it all starts with the, what happens up up front. The Atlanta's got three number one picks on their O line. Matthews, Lindstrom, right. and McGarry are all number right. one picks. But the Niner D line, even with Givens and and Menahue and and Ridgeway and Drake Jackson and Ebukam, I think that D line is is up to the challenge. But that's where this game's won or lost as far as the Falcon offense and the Niner D. It's right there on the line. You're absolutely right, Larry. Is it it's because of the, the Niners and because they're like one of the better teams in NFC record wise right now? Is this national TV? Is they going to move there, or is this game just local on on on, on NBC? Or, or, or. Uh, it's 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 one of the lower rated Fox games. I saw Ian Eagle's son is going to be doing his first play by play ever in the NFL in oh, this wow. game. Yeah, so uh, I don't I so forget his Fox first name. Is be Ian e- okay, it's, okay. it's Ian Eagle's kid. Ian Eagle's doing Ravens Giants, and his kid is okay. doing Falcons Niners. How about that? Good for. Good for him, and that's all, that's got to be awesome for a father son to make that thing happen. I, I agree with you, though. You know, Larry, when you talk about X's and O's, and it comes down to the physicality of this game, this is going to be a battle of attrition, a battle of, of wills. I think the Niners are a better team. I think undoubtedly, you both, you and I both agree, the Niners have more talent on their team, and they're a better team than Atlanta. But what makes this interesting is due to the fact of the injuries of the of the Niners, if guys interior, your best pat, arguably the best pass rusher in the league. Some people say so. It's not like fourth and not having that guy, and now your second string guys up more, and now your third string guys even up more, playing more. So the, the biggest thing to me, Armstead. If you think about Armstead and Bosa, those two guys make plays. And when they make plays, what it does, it fuels the defensive line and say, God, I'm only going to be in here for two or three snaps because I know those guys are getting ready to come back in. Those fresh bodies, that the, I love the Niners, how they rotate. But the guys are backing up. They're like, I got to go make my scratch. I got to go make my play. I got to go get paid. And now, you got, now you're in a situation where you're going to be taking the majority of the plays. See, this is where guys, this is where you see a lot of guys – their career extend, you know, kind of excels, and this is a not a lot of times where you see also players' career descend instead of ascend. Because Larry, you know that because of the fact that now they're asked, they're asking a, a part-time guy to do a full-time job work, and sometimes they're not ready. So you can have someone come in to spell you, come on radio for five or ten minutes, and you get callers to come in. And man, that was a great call, great questions. But let it get a little deeper. Let it get out in the deep water. Take them a little bit deep. They don't know yet how smooth you are, Larry, when you need to pull in and pull out because you've been around, Larry. See, and that's no different than a football player, Larry, when a guy that's been around and then you got a guy that's been a journey, and now all of a sudden he's asked to sit there, and now he's got to know when the breaks. He's got to know when to go to commercial. He's got to know when to stop. He's got to know when to hold him. He's got to know when to fold him. Got to know when to walk away and know when to run. See, now this is a situation, Larry, that they can't count their money while they're sitting at the table. 
This is the Niners defense. They got to be able to say, look, I'm here now. Hey, now I'm the starter. I got, oh, I'm, I'm getting fired I, up. Larry. I was going to say, ready to close. I'm the, sorry. I'm the, sorry, Larry. The Gatlin boys be, the, the Gatlin boys are coming and you could have heard a, you could, you could have heard a pin drop when Tommy stopped to block the door. Hey, hey, let me ask you this, Lo, on the way out here. Dean Pease, defensive coordinator, long time in Love Baltimore, you. three, four defense, very multiple in his blitz looks. They got Grady Jarrett. He's a problem up front. They got big Taekwon Graham. He's fast at 295 in that five technique. They got A.J. Terrell on the backside, probably their number one corner. He usually travels from side to side with another team's number one receiver. What do you, What's the challenge of a Dean Pease defense going up against that low? Dean Pease, man, this guy, he's... A, he, he, I've had Deanie Pease, man. He was my coach in New Orleans, believe it or not. Hey, Dean Pease, got the deep voice. I love him. I've been knowing this guy for over 30 years. Can you believe it or not? Yeah, he was my coach when I was with the Saints. Um, he's going to get after you. He wants guys to be physical. He wants guys to be tough. He wants guys to play with that swagger. He wants to see guys stand up and do what they need to do. So you, one thing about Dean Peace, you watch his team, and that's what you're talking about. They're physical. Dean Peace's defense, like you said, they want to run through you. They want to play physical. They're going to make it a dogfight. That's the kind of guy you can't play for Dean Pees if you're not physical and if you're not tough. You're not going to be able to play for him. So, but the chart, but you got to realize the, the the Niners and the the choice that they have is say, look, do we do we say woe is me because we don't have Bosa and all these guys here, or do you step up and you play football? And I think this Niner team understand they're on the road, understands what people are thinking. They understand that Atlanta looks at this as there's blood in the water, looking at saying, hey, look, we got a great opportunity to upset this Niner team. And the Niners get that. And I think that you're going to see each man walk out there holding hands and say, how are we going to overcome this? We understand we're still good enough. And I think that's Cal Shanahan's message is, guys, your best is good enough. That's what this message should be today, Larry. It's not about trying to do too much. It's just just do your job, and your best is good enough. They're going to give up some plays. Guys are going to make their plays. They get paid. But overall, we're going to make more plays. Why? Because we're better. We have more talent. We have better players. Atlanta's a good football team, guys. But we're a better team. We just have to do our job because, oh, by the way, the Calvary's coming in a couple weeks. We're going to be back healthy. If we can just hold serve into the Calvary, until the help comes, we're going to be all right. That's the message. Well, great stuff, man. Fastest hour of the week. Enjoy the game. We got to thank Craig. We got to thank Chris. And, of course, remind everybody that, that uh, Alan Siles and Kyle Madsen have you in the post game. Niners down six defensive starters. I'm saying they get it done. I'm saying 28-17. Low, you're saying... Yeah, I'm thinking this is going to be like 28, 28, 20, 28, 23, 24. I think this is about a four or five point game. The Niners win, but it's going to be definitely, they're not going to, I think Atlanta gets in the 20s. All right, buddy. Enjoy the, uh, enjoy the game. Enjoy the action. I got a little money line parlay going as well this week. Uh, Let's low, go, baby. Here we go. My, my money line parlay. I'm going Niners, Pats, Packers, Ravens, Rams, Chiefs. Money line parlay, a little six teamer. Hopefully it can hit big. Good luck to you, brother. Cheers. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody, behind the scenes. Enjoy the game. Catch Allen and Kyle in the post game. Week six action. Niners on the road in Atlanta. And, of course, join me Monday with Damon Bruce at 3 o'clock. We'll break it all down on 95.7 The Game. Okay. 
Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.